to all my guys, gals, and non-binary pals, and welcome to another episode of Red Harvest, a Deadlands Noir actual play podcast. I am the sheriff, storyteller, whatever you want to call it, Mikey. You can follow me on my personal social medias at PopCultureGeek, or you could follow us at D&D Vibe Tribe Productions, where you can stay up to date on all the amazing projects that we got going on. Oh man, things are cranking up here in Red Harvest, and of course, I cannot do it alone. I have an amazing cast with me as always, so we're going to go around, do a little bit of introductions. They're going to tell them, you guys, my listening audience, who they are, what socials and projects they got going on, as well as who they are playing as. So, eeny meeny miny mo, Kilt, you are the first to go. <laughs> always the first to go but then again i am the best uh so hello everyone i am the kilt man i play the character gary the goblin so it's always a pleasure to meet each and every single one of you each week thank you for tuning in second up that's all for my list is the one and only tanner hey everybody my name is tanner i am also known as grisquatch over on tiktok and i'm actually a part of a really fun project called Benji's Guide to Rentucky Island, an up-and-coming 5e Kickstarter island setting. And I actually got to be a part of the writing team on this one, and I created 30. Not The original number was that was requested was 20, and I said I could do 30 unique magic items of my own creation. And the Kickstarter is open. There are 25 days left, if I remember correctly. And we are, uh, I think, right at 75% funded. So please go check it out. I would love for you guys to back it if you so choose to. And welcome to Wally's Wondrous Not So Wondrous Items or Bradley's Bountiful Sandbar. Oh my gosh, we we love the cross promotion. And Tanner, can you tell the listening audience who you will be playing tonight? Yes, I am playing Hank Skinner, the uh, police detective. (laughs) Oh my goodness, this is... I have such amazing friends. I love it. Alrighty, next on my hit list is the one and only Jace. <laughs> Hi everyone there on the podcast lands. I'm Jace and also JC Vanguard on TikTok. Um, today I'm playing Miles Devereaux, the magician pickpocket. It's gonna be fun tonight. Oh, I am so excited. I cannot wait. And of course, last but certainly not least, we have Josh. Hello, everybody out there in Podcast City. This is Josh, a.k.a. MG Preacher on TikTok. You can also follow me on uh, Instagram at MGPreacherMark2. And I will be playing Chris Remington, everyone's favorite private eye. (laughs) Excellent. Uh, If it's not said enough, I really appreciate my players because without them, none of this would be possible. But with introductions out of the way, let us begin tonight with a quick recap of what happened last time. So previously on Red Harvest, you guys made your way to the, well, Cat's Cradle, where... Your short meeting with Fabiana, the singer, 
and Lily Broussard kind of canoodling, if you will, was broken up by the Goon Squad. The Goon Squad took you guys to go see Don Broussard, where he wanted to hire you for at the behest of his daughter Lily to help her with some sort of investigation. He didn't know all the happenings, but he could never say no to his one and only daughter. All of you guys sat with Fabiana and Lily to discover that she is requesting you to help her gain more information for, about Mr. Bordeaux. As he, uh, as we found out, is not the nicest to when it comes to his female compatriots, as Fabiana showed her, you guys, the scars that she has obtained from being in a relationship with Mr. Bordeaux, to put it lightly. After agreeing to take it on and to figure out what is going on, each of you guys kind of went your separate ways for the moment to figure out exactly what you can find out. A good chunk of the information was found by our police detective, uh, Hank, as uh, the chief kind of has a, a kinship for him and just accidentally left the key to the, <laughs> the file room where Hank learned a lot about Fabiana, about Don Broussard himself, and about Mr. Bordeaux as well. So one of the things that stood out the most is that Mr. Bordeaux seems to have some sort of connection to the Black Hand, which is, I don't want to say, well, I can say is basically a criminal organization that uses the hoodoo, you do voodoo, as we like to say. Meanwhile, Gary sent out some feelers for information and also had his uh, young apprentice is the nicest way of putting it, the errand boy, where he gained some information that his older brother was a part of where Mr. Bordeaux tends to frequent the Devil's Playground, a jazz bar and casino within New Orleans and uh, learned more incriminating evidence and got actual sketches from the older brother portraying the domestic violence as well as some more sinister stuff. So that was happening. But probably the more interesting thing happened is Chris, our PI, while trying to investigate, had a nice little conversation with Mr. Bordeaux. And as he was getting ready to sit down and just continue his investigation, he was interrupted by a tall looking fellow by the name of Mr. Baptiste, who is a member of not necessarily the Black Hand, but he also practices the you do who do voodoo, but tends to be more on the side of good with it. In addition to Mr. Baptiste, we had the older brother of our errand boy come in and uh, what could basically be explained as the closest thing to an acid trip. <laughs> Chris found himself having a vision of multiple female figures who have gray and dark ashen skin, their flesh are falling out, some of them are missing their eyes, and left him with this statement Free us from Mr. Bordeaux. So, that is where we're picking up right now. So, Christopher, 
you are still having this vision right now after being blasted what essentially could be marigold dust. So, marigold powder blown into your face. Now you're straight tripping, bro. So, as you are still having this vision, these female figures inch ever so closer and closer and closer to you. And as they are about to dogpile you, you feel something from the back of your neck kind of just pull you back up. And as you reel back, you find yourself back in your office with <laughs> Mr. Baptiste. And you also find yourself with Jack's older brother, Ridley O'Reilly. So Mr. Baptiste kind of just calms you down a little bit and says like, uh, my apologies, uh, are you alright? What in the bloody hell was that? Ridley, now sitting on your desk, kind of turns to you. That, my dear friend, is what Mr. Bordeaux is up to. It seems that he's in bed with the Black Hand and their voodoo prowess. And seems to be mm, disposing of any unwanted things. So, what you're saying? All those people I just saw are either dead or very close to death. Unfortunately, I think. The first part is more accurate. These women are long gone. I literally just kind of sit back like, what the hell do I do? Uh, if I may... Chris is speaking. I would... And now this is just a proposition and feel free to say no. But I feel that you and your compatriots can help us in our endeavor to uh, free these souls from Mr. Bordeaux's control. Well, Mr. Baptiste, either way, after seeing that, I'm going after Mr. Bordeaux. How can me and my compatriots be of any assistance? Something like this. Because I don't have any experience in dealing with, how should I say, the supernatural. All my dealings have just been physical. Uh, that definitely is something that, uh, well, is hard at first glance, but trust me when I say that the more you deal with the supernatural, the more that you get used to it, unfortunately. That is a sentence that is not normally uttered, but, uh, it is what it is. But, back to on topic, 
Is it possible I can meet with you and your compatriots and discuss this with them? I'd rather have everybody here all together than to have to repeat to myself on more than one occasion. Well, sir, if you give me a few minutes, I can give, uh, I can give them a call and I can have them meet me here. You would be doing me a bit huge favor, Mr. Remington. And Baptiste from his chair kind of tips his hat at you. That would be mighty appreciative. For the sake of timing, I go ahead, I get my phone off my desk, and I give uh, Hank, Gary, and my pickpocket. Damn. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I go ahead and give the three of them a call. And tell them that I need them to come to my office as soon as they can. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Alrighty, so Chris, you give your compatriots a good old call, and one after the other, they make their way into your office. So the three of you entering the office, one, you see a large African American fellow, Mr. Baptiste. Dressed very well. He's got a nice cap going on. He's got a purple kind of vest that he's wearing with some black slacks and some dress shoes and walking around with a cane with some gold and violet kind of accents going at the top and bottom of it. And then Gary, you know the second fellow very well because one, <laughs> this is Jack's older brother and two, he gave you information, so you're very familiar with Ridley, his older brother, as Ridley kind of just nods. Gary, nice to see you again. Oh, I bet we do, especially since my brother is your Hello, errand boy. Hello, Ridley. We have much to discuss. Hmm. How's he doing, by the way? Yes. Indeed. Very good. He's doing quite well. He's taking the night off at my discretion. Very good. Sorry, you got to repeat that. I uh, was distracted. Ah, yes, thank you. Yes, very good. I'm He's, sure he did. <laughs> as I said, taking the night off. He deserved it. He did a really so good at job. At this point, for me. with all of you guys kind of having a seat or standing around Chris's office, uh, Mr. Baptiste kind of stands and acknowledges the three of you. Mr. Gary. Mr. Hank. Mr. Miles. It is a pleasure to officially meet you in person. My name is Baptiste. Mr. Baptiste. And, uh, as you will probably find out the more we talk, I am... A practitioner of voodoo, though I do not associate myself with the Black Hand, which is the more sinister voodoo organization here in New Orleans. <laughs> well, as long as you keep the voodoo that you do away That's from me, quite handy. Outside. 
I'm Miles Deborah. As I put my hand out the Okay. So Mipt Mr. De Baptiste kinda shakes your hand. He hangs on to it for a little bit and says, Hmm. It seems you have been it seems, Mr. Miles, that you have been touched by the other side. Uh, I mean an adult. <laughs> I, I don't know what you mean by touched by the divine or what, what you said, but I, I have gifts and I enjoy them. And I share them with the crowd. Well, at least the ones that tip. Mr. Baptiste kind of... Well, let's go of your hand. And... I would like to have a conversation with you at some point, but we can wait on that a little bit later. And at this point, Baptiste turns to you, Hank. Mr. Skinner, as I live and breathe, you're making quite a name of yourself in the police force. Indeed. You and have a no, just giving you a compliment is all. Okay. <laughs> Forgive me if I'm a little mistrusting. We've had some interesting people talk to us recently. Is that quite so? Mm-hmm. Would one of those people happen to be Mr. Bordeaux? And see, and that's why I'm mistrusting of people recently. I assure you, I do not mean for you to be suspicious, but... I just needed to confirm my own, if you, my apologies, if you will. But since it seems that we are on the same page, I would like to discuss a proposition with you all. And seeing if you want to work together to uh, take down or bring in Mr. Bordeaux, whichever he chooses to go with. Yeah, at the moment. I see this only as a uh, good benefit for <sighs> well, us. Then, now that... We've gotten that little barrier out the way. Let me explain what it is that I'm after. And at this point, Ridley kind of just... Kind of nods to Baptiste and kind of goes to your door, Chris, and kind of just stands outside of the door frame, watching the hallway, making sure that no nasty surprises come about. So Mr. Baptiste kind of pulls out a little piece of paper from his pocket and unfolds it and puts it on the desk. Now, I do have to warn you. Things that Mr. Bordeaux is involved with lean on the supernatural side. So please bear in mind that things might get a little bumpy as I explain this. So just to give you a full warning. But, as your friend Mr. Remington will attest, he understands exactly what Mr. Bordeaux is capable of, given the little, uh, 
nudge I gave him with his little vision quest not too long before you arrived here. For some reason, Mr. Bordeaux doesn't seem to be the pensioned lover that the epitaph seems to make him out to be when it comes to his uh, female compatriots. And unfortunately, it seems that the, he has an essence of the souls underneath his control. Now what exactly that means for him, I have still yet to figure out. But that is where I believe you four will come in. And Baptiste kind of pauses a little bit, looks to the side before looking directly at you four. See, the problem is, is Mr. Bordeaux is well aware of who I am, so anything that I can try to do is not going to end up uh, working out too well if you catch my drift. However, it seems that Mr. Bordeaux doesn't necessarily have a keen suspicion of you four yet. So, I believe that you four make the perfect accomplices to this plan. I'm sorry, I know you said accomplice, but it sounded like accessory. If I'm going to be frank here, Mr. Skinner, that's exactly what this is going to be. <laughs> but of course, when it comes to the supernatural, I'm pretty sure you and your boss wouldn't want the paperwork to fill out and try to explain exactly what happened. So how deep does this who-do-voodoo-you-do stuff go? Hmm. Well, it depends. What would you like to know? Mr. Bodo's involvement in the supernatural. Okay, this is where things get a little interesting, so you're gonna wanna buckle up here, Mr. Skinner. Mm -hmm. Mr. Bodo's interaction with the Black Hand has only happened within the last couple months. What someone like him would want to do with the practitioner of voodoo is still perplexing to this day. Again, I don't know all the details of what he gets out of it, but he provides the Black Hand with the Devil's Playground and some revenue, and they provide him with some services, it seems. From what I can gather, Mr. Bordeaux tends to love his vice of women, and in a very frequent pace, it seems, these last couple of months. A lot of his former lovers have either gone missing or ended up dead. Oh, I'm well aware. Mm, as you... as I figured you would. My goal here is to try to get rid of Mr. Bordeaux and bring back not only some peace and quiet to New Orleans, but also to weaken the Black Hand. They are the antithesis of what we practice with voodoo is supposed to be. And to be honest, they're giving the rest of us a bad name. 
Hmm. So how do we stop it? Well, that is the problem, so bear with me. Mr. Bordeaux fancies himself a card shark. So, he, at the Devil's Playground, likes to... Just like his women, he has a vice of gambling. So... There is something sinister every time someone plays him in a game. And from what my intel from the Devil's Playground, he tends to be playing with a lot higher stakes than most normal folk tend to with the card games. Usually you bet some sort of money, some property. In certain cases, you bet a, ni a nice evening with the lady folk. But it seems Mr. Bordeaux has grown tired of that, and now he's betting on more abstract things, if you will. Hmm. Mr. Remington. Yes, sir. I'm drawing up blank here. What what do you think we could do with this income? Everything has meaning, everything has a purpose. As I'm aware, first things first, we need to keep Mr. Bordeaux away from Fabiana at all costs. Mm -hmm. Now, Mr. Baptiste, is there any sort of assistance that the Queen's Gambit can assist us in this? As far as assistance in this little endeavor, I do have a couple of people at the Devil's Playground who moonlight as hostesses and uh, dealers. So, if it's a matter of getting in, you shouldn't have a problem. However, I do need to emphasize that I need to protect my own, just like I need to protect you. So, what I need is some oh. more people on the inside to see what's going on. <laughs> yes, Mr. Skinner. Outer character. Uh, when yes. you say moonlighting, um, it may have a different meaning around my area, but moonlighting around my area means that you're secretly working for the competitor. <laughs> well, I mean... You're not wrong with that, but Moonlight in this instance and the way that I'm using it is, is that they are basically infiltrating and being spies of sort. Oh, it's essentially the same thing. Okay, never mind. Yeah, never essentially. Mind. Ignore me. No, that's totally okay. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like it's like a, an example would be like me as a maintenance tech uh, going and finding another maintenance tech job and being like, hey, you know, I'm a maintenance tech over at this other place. Would you guys let me, like, you know, pick up a couple of shifts here and there? I need some extra money. And then if they like me, they're like, well, how much are they paying you over there? Oh, we can match that and better benefits. That's called moonlighting. I mean, essentially, that's what it is. They're also just being spies to infiltrate. But yeah, you're no, you're correct. 
Okay. But just making sure. No, no, of course, these things are important because yes. I want to make sure that I'm saying the correct word. <laughs> no, I, that's why, like, when I when I heard that, I was like, Mike is from California. Does he know what that means? <laughs> I mean, I am from California. I, I try to be educated. We'll just leave it at that. No, right on, right on. <laughs> the more you know. <laughs> Knowledge is power. It really is. All right, so where were we? Ah, oh, yes, <clears throat> moonlighting. So if I can have more bodies in there, it would be beneficial to see what you can find out. So this is left of go in there and go dispose of, as opposed to just go in there and go see what we see. I would prefer that second part first, but if you find yourself in a sticky situation, then by all means, you do what you need to to get out of there, or take down Mr. Bordeaux in any means necessary. This conversation never happened. And I, as I'm saying that, like I'm taking the uh, my detective badge and slip it in my back pocket. <laughs> Of course, what conversation could you be talking about, Mr. Get Don't it? even. <laughs> right. Well then, before I can continue on, is this something that the four of you would like to be helpful with? Well, I'm always about money. If the money's good, you have my hands. Gary. Yes, well, I guess I could play it. Excuse me. I'm sorry. I have something in my throat. Okay. Uh, I'll yeah, do this. We can definitely go along money. with this. I'll do you. That's fine. I don't want the money. I'll do this favor for you. I'll take his cut. Me a favor. But of course. And as always. However, the dice roll here, uh, Mr. Skinner, you always have the service of the Queen's Gambit. And all four of you have our gratitude and our services should you need them later. Good to know. Good to know. <laughs> right then. Well, since it seems all four of you are good to go. Then let me go into detail exactly what it is that I need you to do. I have made some arrangements for you four to, uh... Go into the Devil's Playground tonight as guests. I have a couple of my people inside to make sure that you are taken care of. And you will know who they are by their hands and as he takes off his glove 
you can see that the Queen's Gambit, there is a kind of tattoo of some sort of a, basically a Queen's Crown. But underneath the Queen's Crown, you see a Harlequin mask. Kind of the traditional, like, happy and sad mask of the good old theater underneath it. My friends, if you will, have some sort of insignia, whether it's on a piece of clothing, if it is a jewelry, but you can identify who they are through this symbol. So should you ever need assistance or information, you can look for them and then we'll be happy to help you out. Just make sure you don't get them too involved. And what's the symbol look like again? So, it's a queen's crown with a uh, harlequin okay. mask. So, once inside, you will just enjoy yourselves and do a little snooping, but do be careful. Mr. Bordeaux likes to delight in his guests. Just be careful. And if you can find your way to his VIP gambling room, well, that is exactly what I am looking for. To see what you could find in there. So get in. Find the v uh, try to get in the VIP gambling's den. And get out. Correct. Yeah, let's let's try and keep this operation as simple as possible. The simpler the better, and the more unseen we are, even more so better. <laughs> Absolutely. So what you're saying is we're going to be gambling to see if we get in and out in a gambling step. Oh, this is my. This is my trying book. to get caught with aces in his sleeves this mm -hmm. time. I don't know what you're talking about. I put nothing in my sleeves when I gamble. I gamble for real. I gamble with my life every time I pickpocket. So why not gamble with gamble with actual money? And trust me, I win every Bullshit. time I gamble. I reach over, grab his arm, pull out a card from his sleeve. So I'm guessing this is some sort of illness you got, my friend. You you I, do know I'm a street magician, and I play with cards all the time. I put my hands on both of these guys' backs as I approach and say, "Gentlemen, gentlemen, what we have here is an opportunity—an opportunity for a young grifter to make as much money as possible in a short amount of time and go out unnoticed, and for a private eye to make a name for himself." and bust open wide a big case alongside a up-and-coming police detective. I do like my money. Well, I'm but you on the, well, on the, the distracting from my thought, I'm going to tell Mr. Remington. If you don't trust me with cards, I'll sit naked and play you in poker. And I'll tell you right now, I win every hand.
I'll sit in my britches. I'll still kick your boots. No one wants to see you naked. Look, come here, come here. I grab his ear. I start pulling him. We're going to go. All right, all right. You guys are amazing. Slip my I hand love off. you. Oh, look, a quarter. Am I some kind of joke to all of you? Just like your forehead. Yes, a big one. Now let's go. We got work to do. We got to get you. We got to get you better dressed. Got to get you better dressed and probably shower. Oh, my hair. And then I think you need a haircut, Skin. But uh, you look like a cop. You're right. Just, you're right. Miles, I didn't say don't cheat. You look like I a cop. Don't get caught. You look like a cop. All right, well, let's go get you outfitted so that way, A, you don't look like a cop. Oh my it's gosh. You don't look like a street urchin. So I don't even know what you look like. We're so gonna have a month. Let's go. <laughs> go we ahead. Got to do. I'm gonna. Okay, let's go talk to my cousin Terry, the tailor, and we'll get started on all your all your suits and, and with whatnot. That make note, you look fancy. Montage. I'm thinking pink so, for you. You guys meet with. Terry, the tailor. Jesus, I can't believe that's what exactly it is, but whatever. <laughs> We're just gonna have a whole canon now. It's it's gonna be great. <laughs> but you guys make your way to Terry, the tailor. You guys end up getting your outfits for the evening. Night comes forth as the daylight sun begins to set over the horizon line. So those usually, the nine to fivers, are at home with their families, enjoying the evening. But as soon as the sky grows dark and the stars fill the sky, the lights of the street come on, and that's when all the nightlife begins to play. So the four of you arrive at the Devil's Playground. From the outside, it is like the most gaudiest, like, very stereotypical gambling right here with the big old flashy neon lights with picture of like a moving like flapper girls with the neon lights kind of moving around cards like martini glasses like the works it is the most stereotypical and uh, <laughs> most gaudy thing is now, because I am a big proponent of good old fashioned in my tabletop RPGs, I would like to hear from each of you, what does your character's suit looks like? So we're going to start with Gary. Gary, what does your nightlife outfit look like? Now... His normal attire. You know what? I'm gonna skip the voice for a minute. Um, so his normal attire is, you know, typically a nice tan shirt, uh, maybe a blackish brownish vest, uh, decent pair of slacks. He's very well, always well put together. But with this, he has to show up, so to speak. So he. What he'll do is he will have a green vest. He'll have a nice 
cream shirt, very well pressed. You can see the creases. He'll have a a, a good three button sh- jacket. Um, you know that's black. So you have this black overcoat with a green vest underneath, and on the vest you can kind of see a little goblet representing the family crest, um, or at least his section of the family. Uh, he has a nice, nice hat. It was not too fancy. It's a good and off the town. His boot, his shoes are almost wing-tipped. They are black and green. They polished real nice. He takes really good pride in his his, his appearance. He has a nice little high pumper. Um, he has a nice little uh, pocket watch it, it tucked away in his vest, so that way you know, he can reach and see what the time is. Put it back. You know, he's a proper gentleman. Of Walks course. Cane too. Of course it is. The cane's a flask. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, I'm going to send this to an artist friend of mine eventually. I'm like, I needed artwork of this, but well, that's neither here nor there. Okay. So, Mr. Skinner, um, how do we go from cop to young dapper nightlife? <laughs> pinstripe three-piece suit he hates jackets but he'll wear one for this occasion my may i ask what color is your pinstripe suit pole gray uh with the white pinstripes and red tie Ooh, that gave me shivers it's so classy <laughs> See, I told you, Skinner, you can stop looking like a cop every once in a while. Although the red's well, a little you, glaring, really I could have gone with a blue personally, but it still looked fabulous. Oh, well, Terry, thank Don't you. Don't thank me, uh, thank way, Terry. Terry's Larry the tailor. Terry the does all of our suits so well. Larry. Oh, Larry. The lazy lark. Uh, Yeah, he got out. I think he got out uh, three Thursdays ago. Did Um, they catch a ride with Drew and Drea? um, Mary and Nary went to pick him up. Um, No, unfortunately, Drary was uh, uh, out draring. Um, But Unfortunately, because of the reason why Larry was in the slammer, mm-hmm. Barry uh, came down to visit, and um, it wasn't pretty. He almost wrecked my bar. I'm not oh, happy about it. Barry the Brawler's um, just out there busting. I'm just stuff, glad right? the oldest sibling didn't come down. Well, he's not a brawler. Barry's not a brawler. Barry is a businessman. You know, he's well, how I take after. He's the business side of things. He's you not, he's temper. the second in command. Oh, now, Airy. Okay. Whew. Airy, that, that's the dangerous cousin. She, she does have a temper because, you know, we're, we're a matriarchy, matriarchal family for the most part. Airy. Duly noted. Let's just say she can be a very scary goblin. 
do not piss off my my cousin Harry. <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to feed into that. I now where are the other two? Yeah. Listen, like this is what I live now, for. Feasance like of it's our ridiculous group. and stupid, and I love it. Oh, it's great. <laughs> uh, we love it. Okay, so as you make that statement, uh, Gary, uh. The other two finally arrive next to you, all like Ocean's Eleven style, outside of the venue. Uh, Miles, what does your outfit look like? Well, as a classic magician, black suit, red vest, black tie. I'm sorry, black bow tie, white pinstripes. Kind of look like a prison bird, but look just enough accent. Please tell me you have like a little nice little tail coat going all the way, almost touching the floor. <laughs> no, I do not have a. I don't have a tail coat. Damn it! <laughs> but I do have. Um, you're gonna be throwing some. I got friends on the other side, like vibes real hard. <laughs> no, um, we are in New Orleans. <laughs> I do have a hat, but I don't remember what they're called. Uh, kind of like a fedora, but it's not. Thank you. Thank you. Couldn't remember the word. Trilby? So I have it all tipped off, kind of funky. Welcome. I love it. And then, of course, last but certainly not least, uh, Chris, what does your outfit look like for the evening? Chris is wearing is he's wearing just a straight black suit, black shirt, red tie, and you notice in his uh, vest he keeps his his pocket watch, and the pocket watch is attached to a button and a nice gold chain. Uh, Mr. Remington is also wearing a long black. Overcoat, and to top off the the entire attire, he's also wearing a nice, solid black hat that he wears kind of low on his brow. Now, now, Remy Pooh, let you forgot a very important piece, and Gary pulls out this pink handkerchief square. Here you go. I told you, you look great in oh pink. My gosh, I love Pats him so on the shoulder, on the chest. <laughs> All right, let's go. I immediately replace the pink handkerchief <gasps> with the red handkerchief. I'm not, I'm not, I'm keeping it in my vest pocket. Don't you back disrespect back my handkerchief. Hey. Well, I'm talking, uh, I was talking like one of the inner pockets. That's actually where I put yes. it, is in the vest pocket. On the inside, on the inside breast. Good. You better take good care of it, because Harry's wife... Yes, that's how he's related to us. Harry the Hoglobulin married one of my cousins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Laugh it up. I can tell. Yeah, she makes really well. good... Good handkerchief. She works with Terry all the time. I swear. 
Well, Hillary does a really good job. Hillary is amazing. Match their suits, except for this one. <laughs> it is. Someone has to stick out. It always happens. Well, I've always been partial to black suits. My Oh my goodness. Well, we but need good bait anyway, so. <laughs> By the way, you two. A billion. Fair. Just yeah, so you know. Fair. Not you, Skinner. I'm taking your cut. Oh, so I don't know if I'm ever going to receive it. By the way. Uh, not very important detail, but this is a three-button suit. Oh, you'll get the bill. Uh, three-button jacket, rather. Three-button jacket. Yes, dude. The bottom one. The bottom one always stays undone. Two button for me. Sorry. Oh, my goodness. I just... <sighs> Sorry, I'm just geeking out, so... Quick tangent time before we jump back into the story. I love fashion, so anytime I get a chance to have characters describe what they're wearing, it is amazing, and I love it, and it's a great time, and you guys are awesome. Okay, back to the story. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, so, the four of you uh, are standing outside of the Devil's Playground. You make your way closer to the entrance door. Now, normally, you guys would have to wait in line behind the velvet ropes with everybody else, as they only let a certain amount of people in at a time. But, thanks to Mr. Baptiste and his uh, members of the Queen's Gambit, you guys have a invitation of some sort to enter the Devil's Playground, so... Actually, I'm going to let uh, the dice decide who has it. <laughs> ah. dun, dun, That's dun. funny. Skinner! Baptiste gave you the invitation, so... As the four of you make your way up to the bouncer, the bouncer is a very uh, tall-looking fellow. Um, kind of dressed similar in a very cheap three-piece suit um, with his arms kind of crossed. He kind of looks down at you. Do you have an invitation? I don't lift my head. I don't, I don't, I don't Break move eye my contact. head upward. Yeah, no, no. I make eye contact, but I'm looking uh -huh. at him from the top of my brows like... Got it. Reaches by the jacket, pull out slowly the invitation. It's like, yes. He kind of gingerly takes the invitation. He holds it up to his hands. Mm, I see. Hands the invitation back to you. Thank you, good sir. Put it in my <laughs> jacket. And the bouncer kind of goes from stern to more jovial. <laughs> Expression. Welcome to the Devil's Playground, my friends. Enjoy your time. As he kind of lifts up the velvet ropes and kind of signals you guys into head inside. All right. Time to time. Oh boy, here we go. So the four of you walk in 
you find yourself kind of in a hallway a little bit. So you walk a further oh. little bit down, not too far. And then you kind of turn the corner where you hear the crowds and just poker chips and drinks flowing. And so that's what you can hear for now. As you make your way towards the corner of this hallway and then take a slight left, you are not long waiting in anticipation as you take in the sight of the Devil's Playground. Inside this two-story building, you just see a mixture of slot machines and card tables. There's various... I want to say waitresses. Yeah, waitresses. You see them carrying around dressed in basically showgirl attire with the big boa feathers and also very bright dresses kind of waiting around walking around with drinks in their hand you see multiple people kind of getting sloshed and gambling the night away and of course from the far corner of, of the second story balcony you just see a jazz singer kind of just keeping the crowd going with her voice she's got a backup band and all sides of stuff going on it's a roaring good time and as you take a look around, you see a lot of the uh, the guests. They're not really paying you guys too much of a mind. A lot of them are paying attention to their games they're playing, the slots. There's a couple people who are kind of like losing their uh, lunches, so to speak, off in the corner for drinking too much, but then laughing absurdly that goes with it. This is a paradise for anybody who potentially has any sort of vice here. It's a good time all around. We're in the den of low vibes. <laughs> I love it. So as the four of you taking the site, one of the um, waitresses comes over. Now, boys, what can I get you to drink? I'll take a sip of you anytime. <laughs> no, we're going to go with this. <laughs> no, I'm just like not breaking eye contact. Down, just boy. One That's step it. back. It's like, I'll take a sip of you of any time. She kind of gets... Sure. Eye contact. <laughs> Listen, this is showgirl attire, so the girls are out a little bit, but she walked... She eyes you up and down. <laughs> Hank, and it's just like, ooh, you must come see me up in my room sometime, big boy. Oh. Oh, I mean, if not on your if you gamble enough and win you some money, big her. boy, I can make your every dream come true tonight. Do you need a loan? <laughs> Listen, so it is the table at. <laughs> Listen, we're going there because this is the time period. I am rolling with whatever, it is, so like I am not afraid. <laughs> I have the the flaw of what was it again? L Letcher? Oh yeah, that's right. Just give you the good shimmy shake, be like, ooh, come up to see me Letcher. sometime. <laughs> oh. I can just picture like the mask right now. <laughs> pretty much. That's pretty much Skinner right now. Oh my goodness. 
So Skinner's gonna go find a blackjack table somewhere. <laughs> okay. I'm just like, as he's walking off, I'm just like, yes. <laughs> Oh my goodness. I'm gonna walk over to the bar and just sit down. Okay, so you're gonna be people watching. Get a, like, a, a nice sipping whiskey and just kind of sit there and people watch for I, a bit. I ask if she can get me a scotch. Oh, certainly. That's uh, a mighty fine drink, just as yourself, big boy. That's how wink. She kind of just gives you the ooh and then winks back. And my young dashing friend over here, as she turns to you, Miles, what can I get you, sugar? I'll have a whiskey sour. Ooh, starting off the night with something refreshing. <laughs> You're gonna be a fun one tonight. <laughs> Sorry, can you repeat that, please? <laughs> I said refreshing or strong enough that I don't have to puke dealing with this thing. She kind of looks, she looks at you. Right. Well, then your drink will be coming up shortly, hun. As she kind of walks away. <laughs> okay. So here's how we're going to do it. So. <laughs> Alrighty. So. All of you guys get your drinks as requested. And so all of you guys are kind of just hanging out. We're going to start with uh, you, Hank, first, because you said you were going to go blackjack for tonight. <laughs> so this, uh, this waitress kind of just leads you over. At first, she kind of just gingerly grabs your hand, but then she kind of links arm with you. It's just like, so, hun, you come here often? I could. <laughs> it's a mighty fine place, and uh, and don't tell the other guests, but uh, you are more one of the finest specimens to walk in here tonight. Oh, I'm sure you tell that to every star-eyed adventurer coming in through these doors. <laughs> Maybe, hun. I am in the business of service, but uh, you are quite different. <laughs> But so, shall we get the night started? What kind of games you fancy? Blackjack, poker, the slots? What would you like to f hit first, hun? I'll say blackjack. I got a little more say so in how to play in that as opposed to the slots. The slots is up to chance. I like blackjack better. Okay. And she kind of looks around. Hmm. Ah. Go over here, hunt, as she leads you to one of the tables. So, at this table, you see a couple of gentlemen, uh, ranging in different ages, some younger, some older. As you look at the card dealer, the card dealer is fairly young, uh, female. She's dressed in the traditional kind of, like, dealer's outfit with the vest and everything. She has a kind of bandana situation going around. Not necessarily to the height of a kind of turban style, but more so 
wrapped up like somewhere in between all that. So it's like a semi-turban going on. But more interestingly enough, Hank, you see that she is wearing a necklace with a symbol that is exactly what Baptiste described to you as the Queen's Gambit symbol. So she kind of looks, the car dealer looks at you and says, Care to take a wager, hun? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Alrighty then. Well, boys, thank you for coming to my table. Now, let's line them up and see where everybody falls afterwards. Okay, Hank. So here's what I'm going to have you do. There are currently three other individuals at this table alongside you playing this game. So we are going to have a nice little gambling roll off. Uh -huh. So here's what I want you to do. Uh -huh. I'm going to have you roll for gamble. First question. Do you have that skill at all? I don't think I do. <gasps> Gandal. No, I'm just kidding. So, because you are untrained in gambling, you are going to roll the D4. Uh -huh. I mean, bigger chances. I'm also Ooh. going to roll for the others to see how they do. Okay. So, but because I'm not skilled in it, I believe it's a D4 minus one. It's minus two. <laughs> Ew! So I better get an exploding dice on this or I'm going to lose. Okay. <laughs> I gotta roll for everyone else too. Okay. Well, first hand's not good. <laughs> what did you get, buddy? <laughs> oh no, you got a one? I got a one. <laughs> one on the dice. So, um. So, I mean, that's bad. There's one other problem with that, too. Uh -huh. If at any point you roll a one on your dice, that is considered a very critical failure. Uh -huh. So there's good. I don't want to say there's going to be horrible consequences, but it's not going to end up well. So here's what happens, because unfortunately, everyone else did better than you. Oh, boy. <laughs> so... How do I want to do this? Because there's got to be consequences, but I don't want to be screwed. Okay, I oh, have an idea. Boy. I have an idea. <laughs> so. Hank, usually you're a pretty decent card shark, at least when you play against the other officers back at HQ. Mm -hmm. You're not good at it, but you're not terrible either. I mean, you get a couple of extra dollars for lunch when you play these guys. However, tonight is a very different story. It might be because you're infatuated with the lovely hostess wrapped around your arms. Mm -hmm. It might be a atmosphere of just what's in the air, the sights and the sound of everything. But usually your solid mind when it comes to strategy is thrown out the window. And before you know it, a couple of hands pass by and you are on a horrible losing streak. And before you know it, not only do you lose what you started with coming in here for gambling, but it seems that you have also lost the uh, loan 
that the card that the dealer gave you. So, my friend, now you are in a little bit of a debt. <laughs> so, oh, you... Oh, boy. Oh, you, boy. You owe the Devil's Playground a little bit of money. How much is a little bit of money? Here's what I want you to do. I want you to roll me a d6, and you're going to uh -huh. multiply that by five. All right. Uh, actually, I'm going to grab my old grind dice. <laughs> Aw, good memories. Uh, you owe the devil fucking down $327. That's Watch. the first time. That is the first time that I've ever been so glad to roll so low on a d6. <laughs> I got a one on the dice. Okay, so you we will multiply that. So, I mean, because I also have to keep in mind, too, it's like the way that money was back then versus now is completely different. So $5 is still a good chunk of change, but it's not like today where 5 bucks you could scoff at. But still, it's not horrible. It right. could have been worse. It could have been a lot worse. It could have been a lot, lot worse. I'm bringing so... sandwiches for lunch this entire week. <laughs> Oof. It's going to be a rough week, man. It's going to be a rough week until payday. Oh, boy. Well, I'm Too real. Anyways. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah. So, Hank, I don't know what it is with you tonight. You feel that you're off your game. And the hostess is just looks at you and says, Oh, hun. Are you usually this bad? Not usually. Well then, and the dealer kind of gives you a little ticket, Hank. Uh, make sure you pay this before the your exit. But if you have trouble, per se, paying it back, um, you actually can see Mr. Bordeaux if you want, and kind of oh. work out some sort of arrangement, if you will. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm sure, as the dealer looks around, I'm sure... Ah, there he is. As he, she points out to you, Hank, you see Mr. Bordeaux from the second um, story balcony, kind of in front of the singer in the band playing on the second story uh, banister. Kind of very typical, like, casino-esque scene where he just puts his hands out and is just surveying the floor below and just eyeing people and just smiling at the sight that he is beholding. <laughs> and as he continues to survey, he catches a glimpse of you, Hank, and from the top of his lungs says, Hank, my boy, what brings you here? Hang on, I'll be right down. As you see Mr. Bordeaux running and coming down the stairs. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> These are the consequences for failing. Consequences, <laughs> consequences. So, meanwhile, <laughs> Gary, you have been people watching for a little bit. And, uh, for the sake of it, because I think it'd be really hilarious, you see that, uh, you see Hank just completely eat shit in gambling. <laughs> uh, 
I oh feel my like goodness. I'm missing a prop. Hold on. I need a prop. Right. So you I just saw him eat shit. Back. Meanwhile. We're gonna have move a on to someone else. <laughs> Actually, I want to know. So Miles and Chris, what are you two doing at the moment? Not going to lie. Honestly, I was just going to kind of sit at the bar and people watch. And let's see. Uh, place like this, they would... Uh, they would walk around with like trays of like cigarettes and stuff. I was gonna stop uh, one of you. I don't know if you'd call them waitress or hostesses. I see if they have cigars. Cause you know I'm classy <laughs> like that. You bougie. <laughs> so I mean, yes, you see, I forgot what the term was, but there's a term for you know people who walk around with cigars. But anyways, that's besides the point. So one of the, yeah, one of the cigar girls comes over. Also dressed in a big feather boa and says, Can I offer you a smoke, big boy? You certainly can, but let's start off with the smoke first. Like one of those cigars right there, if you don't mind. Certainly. First one is on the house. Oh, that's much appreciated, though. <laughs> you don't happen to have a light, do you? And I just kind of lean So, in. from her bosom, she pulls a light and just leads in close and says, enjoy it. And she flicks uh, the lighter and lights up your cigar. <laughs> Certainly will. <laughs> Be like, we're bougie tonight, boys. <laughs> well, some of you are. Speaking of bougie for tonight, Miles, how are you being bougie? If you're being bougie at all. I, 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 I want to say I made my way to a Texas Hold'em table. And I'd like to play a couple rounds. Okay, so let's resolve this. So you're going to do the same thing. So you're going to gamble. So, so I'm going to roll a d8. <laughs> of course. You... <laughs> so hold on. <laughs> It's as, nice. As it's nice to have the skill. <laughs> it's nice to have the skill when my when my screen will load. <laughs> Technology. Hey, it's not my fault. I'm just really lazy. I don't feel like going downstairs to grab my dice. Again, that sounds like a personal problem, but you know, do you, boo? <laughs> I'm aware of that. Okay. He's like, I don't like the number that appeared on my screen. <laughs> no, I, I was hitting the button. I hit it too many times. It popped up the, the three dice roll instead of one. Ooh, I got an eight. Hold on. Oh. I'm going to roll again. Yep. <laughs> That's a total of 13, sir. Damn. So... Because you rolled way above the target number of four, which is the magic number in this game, you basically rolled a success with a raise. So that is a nice success. So here's what happens. So I apologize in advance, Tanner, but unlike your compatriot Hank, who uh, whiffed it 
during gambling. It seems that Lady Luck has bestowed her blessings upon you tonight, or at least for these particular games, Miles. As you continue to rake in the dough and you keep on winning and winning and winning, <laughs> you end up making not you end up making a good chunk of change. So after a couple of rounds, you have ended up with rolling it. Oh, so now you want to roll high for me, dice? Forget you. <laughs> you end up I with a that. you end up with a hundred and twenty bucks. <laughs> Sweet. Skinner That's more than make a week. So Miles, you are raking in the dough, but whether you intended to or not as well, you're also you got a bunch of eyes on the table just every time you're winning around, you're winning around. And kind of how what most people do when the table is hot, they just gather to witness everything that's happening. So a bunch of guests have gathered around your table and are have just like hooting and hollering as they are witnessing you continue to win and win and win. <laughs> yes. Do we have a question, Chris? While I'm watching this, since I'm just kind of people watching, do I notice anybody, uh, how can I put it? Do I see anybody that is looking over at this table with curiosity? Hmm. You know what? Actually, We'll come to that, because I'm going to have you and Gary do this at the same time, but I want to go back to Gary real quick. So, Gary. So, you are people watching, and once again, you notice two different I spectrums agree. of, you know, gambling. On one side of the spectrum, you see Hank just not doing very well, and he ended up in debt because you see <laughs> the ticket being handed to him as well as Mr. Bordeaux seeing him and making his way over shortly on the other spectrum you see Miles just raking it in with a crowd around him watching and just being you know he's the table's hot man he keeps winning so Looks like the moron actually was able to pull something off. I have a feeling he might have a card up. Oh. The what? other moron failed. What? Oh, sorry. Hold on. Excuse me, miss. Call one of the ladies over. What can pull I do for you, little, sugar? Uh, hold on. I'll pull out a little envelope. Excuse me, miss. Do me a favor, take this to the gentleman right over there at the table who looks like he's a complete moron playing cards. Tell him his tailor reminds him to always check his breast pocket. What would the lovely gentleman be having? And uh, make sure he gets another drink. Give him a scotch. 
give Five him at least an 18 year old. Takes Put the it envelope, on my tab. She makes. I'll take care of it. She gets the drink and takes it over to Hank. Hank, you feel a tap on your shoulder. Excuse me, hun. Um, the gentleman at the bar sends uh, this drink and also. Uh, he wanted me to send a message for you from the tailor to always check your breast pocket and hands you the envelope. Yeah, we don't. I had Terry oh, beforehand no. he slide doesn't a little bit of extra money just into Just reach into the breast pocket, pocket and look. Oh, thank God. <laughs> I don't know if that was a good idea or not, but we'll find <laughs> and out. In the, in the envelope is another 20 bucks. It's like, it's not, but I'm like, one more, I can't hey. let my best one more, hey. <laughs> Patsy die that quickly. Oh boy. Hopefully he gets one more hand and I don't have to freaking come so, over and bail him out. I'm enjoying okay. this. Who made the pie? Okay, so then, so <laughs> Hank, we're gonna come back to you in a sec, but I do I'm want to that honor uh, trail off Chris. So Chris, with since you are people watching and you asked if you see anybody, I would like you, my dear PI, to roll me a notice roll. The notice. <laughs> it warms my little heart to see when players take notes. <laughs> you just kissed it for good luck? Yes. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna have to roll again. Four. Okay, that'd be a total of eight. Very nice. So that is a success with a slight raise. So that's pretty good. Chris, as you're taking in everything and you are looking around outside of your compatriots and the approaching Mr. Bordeaux, at first you don't necessarily see anything. But... As you are surveying the area, from the second floor, you see a female figure kind of leaning over the banister, deadpanned, just eyes, seems to be unbothered with everything that's happening, and kind of just sipping her drink as she is looking down. You recognize this female figure, Christopher? <laughs> As this is Miss Lily Broussard, who happens to also be here tonight. And just as a reminder, this is not only the person that hired you to help Fabiana with Mr. Bordeaux, but it is also Don Broussard's daughter. <laughs> and she's kind of just boringly looking over out into the crowd, but she doesn't notice that you have caught her gaze. just kind of just 
gingerly walk over to Gary. Gary, do you see who's up there on the second floor there? Sir. Oh, guilty boy. <laughs> That's fine. Sorry, give me one moment. Someone was, someone had to ask me a question. And I just kind of, instead of actually like pointing, um, I just kind of... <clears throat> what was the question? Gesture to the second floor with my eyes. Do you notice that, look, that young lady up there? Are you fucking serious? She's got here. A lot more. Look. <sighs> I will take care of the, the darling. She might be an impediment. Keep an eye on Bordeaux and Hanky Poo, because I know for a fact he might lose something. If he starts looking like he's in a bad sort, give him fiver. And then wait for me to come back. Okay. I will go so talk to we'll our lovely to that in a friend. Bit. Hey. And I get up and I You just got more money to potentially win or lose some. <laughs> One more hand. One more hand. One more hand. Okay. Ah, oh. Once again. <laughs> let's see how we do. Minus two. Okay. It explodes. Okay. Roll again. Huh? It explodes. <laughs> and there's the one again. Okay, so four, four, one, nine. And then minus two. Minus two, seven. Okay, so that is still a success. Okay. Damn, what a turnaround for you. <laughs> okay. Thank God for Perry. <laughs> Oh my goodness. That too. Who also told Terry, apparently. <laughs> Thank God for Gary, who told Perry. Oh, oh. platypus. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I miss Damn, is that platypus didn't do shit. Oh. <laughs> yes, okay. Uh, oh my goodness. Hank, so. We'll get into that I don't conversation. Know what it after. is. A little bit of Lady Luck must have taken pity on you because now you are doing excellent and you're actually winning. So, roll here. Okay, not too bad. I mean, one, you did recoup your loss, so you have enough to pay back your $5 debt. But, after a couple of rounds, you end up with a good, decently chunk of $30 as winnings. And so I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> and so at this point, at so I'm assuming you're leaving the table then. <laughs> yes, yes, he is. <laughs> no, he gets to decide. It's his character. <laughs> I put a five on the table and I say, "Here you go. My debts have been paid, and I'm gonna bounce out. I'm gonna cash out now." And cash out. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> and so this uh this waiter is still holding on to you uh hank says uh-huh. mama lady luck must be smiling on you tonight hun oh i've got friends and looking around the room is like low places oh do you now well big boy why don't you say we spend a little bit on this earning uh but it's a little noisy here shall we go somewhere more quiet oh what were of you course. thinking mm, there's a couple of rooms in the vip lounge on the second floor that uh would offer some more privacy The VIP room sounds a little expensive. I mean, it might be, but, uh... I can give you a little discount. They won't have to know, huh? Oh, you know what they say. Little 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 white lies every once in a while don't hurt nobody. Baby, I've been here for as long as I have been. I've come to learn you got to live a little to get a little. And I like where your head's at. And she mm. kind of takes her fingers, kind of walks it up your chest, and kind of very typical, kind of like Jessica Rabbit style from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. She just oh. beckons you, oh. and comically, it's just like, you just see Hank comically floating in her direction as he's following her upstairs to the VIP room. <laughs> His eyes just turned to hearts. I didn't know that it's between thighs, but okay. I only just now... Uh. I only just now realized my mistake. We're She's going to get a skinner head. It's fine. Don't don't worry about it. So, giggity. She. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> so, uh, Hank, she leads you to the VIP room. And uh, we will continue from there at later. <laughs> okay. So, the last thing that happens for right now is, is, is that you walk into the VIP room. Uh, it's kind of a long corridor of hallway with like different there's a different set of doors uh on each side of this hallway you guys walk on over let me see ah this one should do fine this sounds like a fucking swingers club <laughs> no it is not a swingers club i promise that it comes later so reminiscent of a swingers club <laughs> <laughs> wait 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 are there any pineapple things hanging any <laughs> I mean, there's, I mean, there is, there's not, not a the whole, <laughs> no, there is not. There is an actual pineapple though, along with some other foods. Ah, let's see. The tropical room is unavailable. Why don't you say we go uh, have a little fun? Oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> 
Hold on. I would be very much obliged to follow you anywhere. And we go into the tropical room. Okay. You enter in, you see uh, it's very tropical themed. You know, there's fruits hanging from the uh, <laughs> trees. Like, very nice ambiance going on. And the last thing she says is like, Now, big boy, why don't you help me toss this fruit salad of mine? And closes the door. <laughs> oh, meanwhile. <laughs> meanwhile. <laughs> I mean, technically, you did start walking up Please to the second floor to talk to uh, Miss Lily Broussard. And from the corner of your eye, you just see Hank kind of get uh, stilettoed into the room with the door closing. <laughs> oh, she's about to go peel his banana. Giggity. Mm-hmm. Darling. Darling, darling, darling. She kind of looks at you. Madame Bazard. Unfortunately, I had to come here tonight. Mr. Bordeaux wanted to talk to me about certain things. And, of course, it has to do with business with my father, so... Trust me, hun, I do not want to be here of all places, but... Businesses? Oh, of course. Honey, I may be young, but I'm not This stupid. is likely a trap. You know this, right? No comment from the jury. And okay, at this point, so what is Lily kind of just... Who do you have with you? She just kind of just wipes... She takes her handkerchief and she wipes her face with it, kind of like dabbing her cheeks. And she says, just take a look around. And as she puts the handkerchief back in her pocket, Gary, you notice that in all different points, you see a total of about five to six individuals in different places around the venue kind of just nod and kind of tip their hats as they are trying to be inconspicuous as possible, blending in with the guests, things like that. And then more surprisingly enough, too, the singer is on a quick of break, and one of the celloist kind of notices and also does the same tipping of the hat, too. She says, I have a couple of people in here making sure that things don't get too out of hand, so I appreciate the concern. that's good that's very mm -hmm. good and i give them all a tap of the nose you know that's a kind of a salute to good job or whatever bullshit mostly out of respect and like look darling so big dummy down there i'm not really pointing i'm kind of like you know pointing with the glass I'm like big dummy down there or like sorry big dummy's over there getting we'll skip what he's getting uh, for now, let's just say it's fruity. Anyway, um, so we got our, our, our little fancy boy 
is uh, probably going to get to have a conversation with our favorite friend. And then hopefully, if he plays his cards right, and I do mean the pun intentionally, he's going to get into the good game. I just spilled, I just spilled. Uh, little drop just happens to come out and just bloop, right on someone's head. Choose whomever's it is, I don't care. It's still funny. Um, but, because I, I made sure not to spill on myself, someone else got Proper gentleman. Anyway, so... Yeah. Yeah, Bordeaux boy. When are you supposed <sighs> to have your meeting with the Bordeaux boy? Not Bordeaux boy. Yeah, Bordeaux boy. <laughs> hey, the Bordeaux boy. He's a Bordeaux boy. Oh, my this is God. One. He's, there's uh, no boys. It, He's a Bordeaux boy. Anywho. <laughs> I made a funny. Lily kind of just turns to you. After some big poker game, he said, then he wants to meet with me. And, uh, I would probably head back downstairs, Mr. Gary, because it seems that, uh, your grifter friend over there has made quite the stirring and has caught the eye of Mr. Bordeaux, so I think you may want to accompany him and make sure he don't go alone. Okay. Do me a favor, though. <laughs> Keep an ear out for my boy, just in case he gets coconutted too hard, um, and he can't, pine, uh, you know, can't avocado his way out of it. Don't ask about the avocado joke. I just, I, I couldn't come up with something else after the coconut. It was too <laughs> funny. So I love you. Bye bye. Uh. <laughs> We have fun. Let here. me go make sure uh, <laughs> Card Boy is okay. Alrighty. So, Gary, you make your way back down. Uh, Chris, you see Gary make his way back down. So, uh, are you still at the bar at this point? You see Gary's just now coming down the stairs, or is he already down the stairs? And walking over to like where miles is at he's kind of like i mean he's got down the last step so he's at the base of his step and he's starting to make his way over to miles okay i just want to kind of walk uh walk up to him and be like is everything okay gary it's still still keeping my eyes also on miles Not looking at him, gonna look at my drink because it's a little low. Like, yeah, everything's a little low right now, but uh, we're gonna refill soon, and then because uh, I'm acting as if I'm mumbling to myself, kind of. But we should be good, and hopefully, we don't have to worry about our vegetable upstairs. Hopefully he can cucumber quickly and get back to work. Um, <laughs> but besides that, 
Tonight's episode is called Fruit Keep Salad Now. It is official. I'm going to go toss in your salad. Pinch in here real quick. <laughs> yummy, yummy. I'm about to Fruit do it. Damn it. <laughs> uh, you can tell oh. that we're fully grown, mature Fruit adults here. Fruit salad. <laughs> Anywho, okay. So, Gary, you're making your way over to Miles. <laughs> <sighs> yes, that is officially the title of this episode now. We are using it and no one can fight me. <laughs> We're gonna put that in parentheses. Right, so, um I guess as Miles walking up, I'm yummy, yummy. playing my last hand, I'm like, ah oh, I didn't really get a good one here. You know what, boys? I'm gonna let you win this one and fold, and I'll collect my, I collect my winning chips. Go get them cashed. They, the crowd is just like behind you, Miles. They're just hooping and hollering. The people at the table, some of them are impressed, others are like freaking out. Is like, oh my gosh, I just lost all this money. Also, a, a couple of them are just staring daggers at you, and it's like, how dare you take my money? <laughs> I'm going to throw um, to the dealer I'm going to throw a 20 as a tip damn big baller <laughs> well I won 120 so I mm-hmm. money from the winnings of course I'm just saying it's like we spend in but yeah so well you're supposed to tip your dealer yes don't forget to tip your dealers and your waitresses but the dealer is just like <gasps> sticks it in their pocket Thank you kindly. Well, thank you. <laughs> and then all so, I smell is this drunk alcoholic. Damn. So, yeah, at this point, uh, Gary, you make your way towards Miles. Um, so, yeah, so you two are, are now together. So, uh, have at tea. Oh, look, it's Mr. Goblins. Hello, fingers. Now, quick update, just in case. I'm kind of like... I'm swirling my drink, leaning on a chair relatively nearby, trying to whisper towards his ear. So that way, you know, it's not obvious I'm having a conversation with him. We have a high roller. Big boy's on his way over to have a game. Then after the game, our high roller gets to have a meeting. There might be issues. Someone's getting his salad tossed. And then... Uh, I mean, I got some money for the pocket. Well, we have a keen eye out. Besides that, you got anything? No, this is not... Now... Okay, good. Whoa, 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 whoa. Grab his shoulder. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Tacky as it is. You said something about, and I just wander off. You said something about a high roller. Now, I've seemed to be doing really well tonight. Whoa, 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 Do you want yourself. me to go out roll the high roller? Yeah. No, no. Wrong type of roller. The one who's rolling a paycheck for his 
good graces. I so kind of as like, you do that, Miles, uh, you catch wind over my of shoulder. Who exactly Gary's Towards kind the of like floors. pointing over? Once again, you see Lily Broussard, uh, the heiress of the Broussard crime family, from the top balcony. As she catches your glance, and she just like still deadpan, but she just waves at you before going back to her drink. Shit. What are we gonna do? Yeah, how do you think I feel? Well, she has an entourage, so we're relatively good there. You keep playing, keep attention on yourself. I'll play on the, the bar side. We'll get Remy to. Uh, figure something out once Hank's getting done being skinned we'll uh do you want me to try and work we'll see like if a mild he's game got any energy at all trying to win every game and we'll money mild game get some information out of some of these players play a little information game give have a little fun with it if you run into a dire straits, I think check I your heart. I, I think I get for some you. help. And then I tap, you know, the pocket. Okay, I made sure everybody had a little. So all right, fair enough. I'll be, as I said, I'll be at the ball giving an eye. Hopefully. Oh, I have one in my key. Worst case scenario, me. figure something magic trick out to get my attention. Oh, goody. As you, uh, um, thing I asked Harry as I go to walk away from him, I just tap the bottom later. of his drink in his shoulder at the same time and pull away. <laughs> uh, we love to see it. Okay. You're lucky I'm so, out of drink. At this point, back to Miles, the ball now. As you are beginning to make your way to another table to see if you can repeat to your other success, you feel a tap on your shoulder, and as you turn around, you see a Mr. Bordeaux and says, My, my, it seems that you have had quite a uh, winning spree tonight, my young friend. Well, I have to say, Lady Luck, oh, Lady Luck always blesses me every once in a while. As she does. So, I have a proposition for you. If the money's right, I always say yes. Let's run the tables and see who can accumulate uh, the most cash. No tricks. Of course, gentleman's game. What happened? If you win, what do you get? Mm. If I win, just the satisfaction of being the winner of a gentleman's bet is really all I need. Plus a little extra cash that doesn't hurt. If you win, uh. however, not only do you get to keep yours, but I will give you my earnings as well. 
Ooh. Let's sweeten the pot. If you win, if you win, instead of you giving me your wings, I'll give you all of mine that I've accumulated tonight. If I win, I get your earnings, plus a little more information. Ooh. What kind of information are we talking about? Now, Mr. Bordeaux, I do believe you know what information I you require. <laughs> ah. So it seems. So it seems. Well then. And Miles, as you take a look at Mr. Bordeaux, demeanor is still there, but that kind of airiness and that pomp and circumstance that comes to his voice is still there. But you notice that his eyes go from his regular kind of hazel brown to a more darker crimson red. <laughs> oh. All right, then. Let's up the stakes, shall we? Game on. Hand out. I... Let's start this right. <laughs> Certainly. Shakes you. <laughs> he shakes your hand. And as he does so, Miles, the room around you begins to disappear a little bit. The normal kind of scenery that you were accustomed to not too long ago now is just replaced. And you find yourself in Mr. Bordeaux in front of a table. However, this car dealer is just a very dark figure. No facial features, just basically a giant mass of dark energy. And as you and Mr. Bordeaux walk over to the table, <laughs> both of you take a seat and he says, Mr. Bordeaux tells you, now then, for this high stakes game, we'll still be playing for cash, but we're going to up the ante a little bit. As Mr. Bordeaux kind of just snaps his fingers and out from his hand appears a couple of poker chips and you feel poker chips now have appeared in your breast pocket as well. It says, let's put our lives on the line, shall we? By life, you mean life, don't you? Of course, Mr. Miles. As with anything in life, if you want something, it's going to cost you. Sometimes it's money, sometimes it's services. But in this game, you're going to have to give me a little more of yourself if you want that information from me. Oh, so we're playing in the shadows tonight. Of course. It seems you're familiar with them, I see. A grifter knows a grifter. <laughs> well then, I think the time for talk is over. Let's get this game started, shall we? Well, of course. <laughs> and with Cards that... Oh, go ahead, sorry. 
cards to you, sir. <laughs> and to you, my friend. And with that, we're going to end tonight's episode right there. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'll tell you. This is... So, really quickly, so, like... <laughs> this was okay. first of all this was a lot of fun I thoroughly enjoyed it so let's review what happened so uh Hank is being preoccupied he's getting his uh -oh. Chiquita banana you know on <laughs> just be like doing the horizontal hokey pokey <laughs> yes or so we speak we don't know I mean we kind of know but let's be We'll talk off camera of, you know, how you want this to transpire, because this stuff is, I need to talk to make sure if this is okay, because I kind of feel like I just put you in the situation, and if you weren't okay with it, like, we got to talk oh, about it. I was it. absolutely fine with it. Okay, okay. No, I, I was absolutely to be sure. fine with it, but I was like, but it, it was after I was like, I was like, yeah, Hank's going to get him some, and then I was like, oh shit, I've still got my gun and badge on me. <laughs> So we'll resolve that while y'all are handling that. Miles is about to play sh the sh he's about to be playing magic games in the shadow realm, so that should be fun. Yeah, you got the reference so good. <laughs> Listen, I'm a huge geek and nerd. Like I pull my references from pop culture, so it's just like I I know what you're laying down. And then mm. unfortunately, mm. our other two are just like, where'd Miles go? <laughs> So, oh my goodness. And we won't have to wait that long for the next time to see how this all transpires. So this should be really, really fun. But that is going to conclude tonight's episode. So to the listening audience, thank you for tuning into another episode of Red Harvest, a Deadlands Noir actual play podcast. When we come back next episode, we're going to find out how this card game in the Shadow Realm turns out. And we'll see... What happens with Hank and his new boo thing in the tropical room with getting his fruit salad tossed? So we'll see the results of that. And then we will see what is about to happen now that Lily Broussard is here and what kind of shenanigans are going to go down. So as always from the D&D &D Vibe Tribe production, remember everybody, take care of each other, love one another, and as always, let the good times roll. See you later. Psst.